This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. Yesterday we started to talk about principles that govern the season uh, of, of change. And we talked about uh, the first one, we said the supremacy of God's word. The word of God is above everything. Then we also started to talk about the issue of when God wants to take you to another season, he encourages you, he opens up, he gives you a trigger miracle. And then we talked about the trigger miracle that is so necessary so that you get direction. Paul said a great and effective door has opened and there are many adversaries and uh, he had to get in through that door. When you don't realize it, it's difficult for you to go in. So many times we have really have to understand what the Spirit of God is saying in a given moment. And uh, giving an example, they, we started to talk about a man by the name Abraham. So I still continue with the topic within your powerful theme. The topic I'm following is your seasons are changing. And uh, we started to look at the man Abraham, Genesis chapter 15. I'll go to Genesis 5, chapter 15. But Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me seeing I go childless and the heir of my house is Elias of Damascus? Then Abraham said, look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. How am I going to be a father of many nations? Uh, Abraham asked, When you see I go childless, what is the link to my fatherhood of many nations? What is my connection to my fatherhood of many nations? He was asking, what is the trigger of that particular season? And so, ladies and gentlemen, I discovered that whatever God is bringing you into in a season, he always is careful to release a trigger. And the trigger... In, in, when, when it comes, you may try to help God. Abraham tried to help God by suggesting the trigger miracle would be Elias of Damascus, but no, the trigger miracle would come from his own loins together with Sarah. Bear in mind, this woman was barren, Sarah, and she had no child, she was old. Therefore, it had to be God's supernatural enablement. It became a supernatural turnaround. The miracle would usher Abraham into a season of, of unlimitedness, a father of many nations. So it was no ordinary miracle. It was not, not something that you guess about. There had to be a divine product, not of men's abilities or men's fabrication, but straight from God, a product of promise. You also remember 
both of them, Sarah and Abraham, finally helped God. With an Egyptian shortcut, Haggai. And Ishmael was born a product of flesh, not of promise. Now, when you and I help God, there are always consequences. There is always a, a delay, but not a denial. David slept with Bathsheba. You remember the story. And when he did that, he killed Uriah, the husband. The Bible says God said to Nathan, the prophet, tell him he has sinned against me. And then David, as usual, went on to repent before God. You know, you know very well what he did. And it's all written in the book of Psalms, chapter 51. He repented before God. He rolled on the floor. He knew how to repent. And God said to, to, to Nathan the prophet, see my servant, he has repented. He shall not die. But what he has done is given occasion to his enemies, his children who rise against him. Those are now consequences. And I want every child of God to know that when we ask God for forgiveness, we are give forgiven. And when forgiveness, what it talks about, it talks about life. You shall not die. The wages of sin is death. So when you repent, life comes back again. But when we talk about consequences, that's a different thing altogether. And many times we say, but I've repented. What's, what's happening? I strongly believe God allows consequences to come. Even the time you now spend time in the mountains praying. And your relationship with God is now very strong. Consequences still come. So don't get confused when that happens. You wait and God, it's just a delay. It's not a denial. The children of Israel, generations later, then when they were coming out of Egypt towards Canaan, there was a delay. As God brought them through Sinai to receive the law. Not the promise, Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Galatians 4, verse 21 to 26, tell me, you who desire to be under the law, this is, this is now Paul speaking, do you not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondwoman, the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born according to the flesh. And he of the free woman through promise, which things are symbolic. For these are two covenants, the one from Mount Sinai, which gives birth to bondage, which is Hagar. For this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to Jerusalem, which now is and is in bondage. But the Jerusalem above is free, which is the mother of us all. There is always a delay. And we are to Go through, I strongly believe we, there was no need really to go through all that. But we had to go through the law. And uh, within the law, because the promise was not working in us, the promise of the Holy Spirit was not helping us, 
Yeah, there was a lot of sweat to obey the law. You really had to sweat to obey the law because there was no enforcer from heaven. The Holy Spirit was not yet there, delayed by Abraham. But those consequences that come, it does not mean that God has forsaken you. The plan of God is still there, and no one can change it except yourself. The plan of God is still in effect. You just have to jump back. Now quickly, there are some characteristics of a trigger miracle. A trigger miracle usually comes from a barren womb. It can be a barren situation, wandering in the desert for 40 years. Yes, with some provisions here and there, but it's not the real thing. So God in his sovereignty allowed the womb of Sarah to be what it was so that he could get sons and daughters from all nations. I submit it to you, be very careful when you receive from God what seems impossible from a human point of view. Take a second look before you abuse it. Bread and meat from ravens as Elijah sat by the brook cherith in his dry season. Isaac from a barren womb of Sarah. Jacob from a Rebekah's barren womb. Joseph from Rebekah's barren womb. Actually, Genesis chapter 30, verse 22, says, Then God remembered Rachel, and God listened to her and opened her womb, and she conceived and bore a son, and said, God has taken away my reproach, so she called his name Joseph. John the Baptist from Elizabeth's barren womb. The nation of Israel is in Tamil. Eli's children have rebelled to fix the problem God shuts the womb of a woman by the name Hannah. The Bible actually says in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 5, the Lord had closed her womb. So in this particular case, it's not the demons, it's not the devil. It's God, when he sees a nation is going down, and actually, you read the state of the nation of Israel as you read the last verses of Judges, the book of Judges. The Bible says everyone did what they did, what they pleased them. So God, wanting to deliver the nation, he shuts a woman's womb. Imagine one person goes through all that for the deliverance of a whole nation. She said, if God was waiting for her to say the right prayer. All the other days she was going into the temple, she was saying wrong prayers. But God kept on the womb closed until one day she said the right prayer. Father, if you give me a male child, I'll give him back to you. That opened everything. That's how God operates. That opened everything for a nation. One prayer from one woman. God can free the economy of this nation from one prayer of one woman. But it has to be the right prayer. We can make noise before God and never achieve anything. A trigger miracle number two belongs to God. Number two, a trigger miracle belongs to God. Isaac's 
Isaac is finally born. He's come on the scene. The trigger miracle. Genesis chapter 22, verse 1 says, Now it came to pass after those things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. He said, Take now your son, your only son. But Ishmael was there. Whom you love and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. In other words, God is saying Ishmael is, is not of promise. It's a, he's according to flesh. It's your own efforts. So you have to go through the consequences of traveling in your own efforts. And you have to wait. But I have a son of promise. So take now your only son, Isaac, and bring him here for sacrifice. And he obeyed. And he took Isaac to the land of Moriah. I shan't read everything because of our time. God was saying, give me the trigger. It's not yours. It can only work well for you if it is in my hands. If it is mine, it will work for you for a long time. And when we talk about Isaac, a type of Jesus, this worked until today. Working all the way. That's why we call him the father of faith, Abraham. He did it for all of us. Yeah, with some mistakes, of course. Hannah, 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 11, then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maid servant and remember me and not forget your maid servant, but will give your maid servant a male child, then I'll give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. He whispers to Hannah, God whispers to Hannah in her prayers, Give me the trigger. So it can actually be done before. Yeah, as a, you can actually say it. If you give me, I will give back. You cannot go up the mountain to sacrifice Isaac and not come down with him. You come down with him, but it's no longer yours. If you, if you, are, if you are convinced in your heart that it's no longer mine, even you see him in the house running around as a small boy. Your mind is saying, this is a child of God. My mother would cry every day. I was, one day I was sick and I remember I was in a big dish where she had put a lot of water. Bathing me, I was dying. I was almost dying. I think she, you know, these the, the goblins were speaking through me. And, you know, she she was the speaking through me and all that. But my mother was a warrior. She was like, get out in the name of Jesus. This one will preach all over the world. She, he is going to be, change many lives. My mother stood for me. I gave you to God. 
I can see you run around in this house, but I gave you to God. Oh, glory. At the cross, God gave the trigger, Jesus, for all of us. It was a trigger miracle that a child is born from a virgin. Triggering release, deliverance, salvation for all of us. For the whole world. So before I go into the next one, uh, be very careful when you receive something that's impossible from a human point of view. That thing is important. That thing is opening you to a season. A season that you have never, never faced. And you have to acknowledge it. You have to know it. Don't have time I could give you the trigger miracles of my life from season to season. Amazing. Amazing. And once I said, thank you, Jesus, I received. And this is not mine. I opened myself to many surprises from heaven. So the first principle that govern seasons changing. Supremacy of God's word. Trigger miracle. And number three, God dries the irrelevant old to call your attention to the new. It's a principle. He will dry the irrelevant old. That means the relevant old will continue, but the irrelevant old will be dried. So don't get surprised when a season is changing. Joshua chapter 5, following our scripture from verse 11 and 12. And they ate of the produce of the land on the day after the Passover, unleavened bread and parched grain on the very same day. Then, then the manna ceased on the day, after they had eaten the produce of the land, and the children of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate the food of the land of Canaan that year. So don't take it negative when manna disappears. Not everything negative is working for you negatively. Going forward, you must be very careful because not everything negative is working for you negatively. Some things that appear so negative are working for you, removing some things that are irrelevant in your lives. Some things are not worthy to be around you anymore. The Bible says they went away from us because they were not of us. If they had been with us, they could have stayed. I've heard my heads, I've heard my cries in the middle of the night when dear, dear, dear parishioner left me. But God reminded me of this. So, the story I gave you yesterday, the monk did it for that family. He pushed the milk cow down a cliff and he died. You see, you were born with God-given instincts to survive. But they need to be activated in this season or you continue doing the same thing time and again and those instincts eventually die. We were all born with dominion over the earth, not dominion over each other. But we were born with dominion over the earth and instincts to survive. 
Even a chicken, you leave it outside there. After three weeks, it's alive. A wild pig had ravaged the fields of a certain community in Berengwa. And the elders sat down. They said, what do we do with this pig? It's ravaging the fields. An old man raised up his hand. He said, I'll kill it. They said, how do you kill it? They said, just give me a tent and, um, and the food that the, the, the pig eats. They gave the old man. Because they said, we need a solution here. And so... He pitched a tent outside the field where the, the pig was uh, coming time and again. And then he slept in the tent. The pig came and ate the food and left. He put more. The next day, the pig around 3 a.m. came, ate the food and left. It continued for seven days. On the seventh day, it came, it ate the food and slept there waiting for more. He killed it. They asked him later, how did you kill it? He said, I first killed its natural instincts to survive on its own. So, the children of Israel were on divine welfare in the desert. And they were given manna, meat, and everything. Now a new season has just arrived. And God wants to activate those natural instincts so that the engineer becomes an engineer. The doctor comes up. So higher levels activate new provisions and better devils. Cutting off the old. Children of Israel in the wilderness were enjoying themselves when they got into the hey, They really need to, to wake up. Divine acts of God are now heavily linked to obedience. It's no longer divine welfare. Anything coming from God is now linked to relationship. The level raised such provisions for them but with responsibility. After the rolling away of the reproach at Gilgal, a higher level demanded they wagged the land and fruitfulness was activated. They were taken back to God's ways which he inaugurated to mankind in the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 1. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea. So they were shocked. This is me. Ingenuity, entrepreneurship, artisanal skills were activated. Remember, these were dead in them during the wilderness experience. Dead, totally dead. And then man ceased. So there are certain forms of provisions that are going to cease in your life because they don't work in the next season. They, they are irrelevant in the next season. In Numbers chapter 13, verse 27 to 28, we see another example there. Numbers 13, verse 27 to 28. Then they told him and said, we went to the Lord 
where you send us, it truly flows with milk and honey, and this is the fruit. Nevertheless, the Lord, the, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. They had never seen the sons of Anak. Um, the previous speakers labored on this very well. So you can't face the Anakims from an inferior level. You can't face the Philistines without better silversmiths to make better weapons of war. In the new level, dominion came back. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 11 says, When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of child behind me. And so take note, after the renewal of your relationship with God at Gilgal, some old friendships have to fall off. It's a different level. Bad habits remain at Gilgal. Or else you frustrate the next level. The question is, what kept them going round and round in the wilderness? They had no confidence in what God had promised they had no faith like what uh, Taz, Pastor Taz said there. They had no faith. Old habits that could not die hindered everything in the next level. A higher level of business and income demands a higher level of integrity. Marriage level of your life demands a higher level of faithfulness and, 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 and stability. Emotional stability to handle a marriage. Or the system crumbles. When higher levels of income come your way, do you still continue to tithe? You tithed very well, $1,000, $500, and then one day, because you are tithing, you are faithful, God is bringing you up to a new season. It's a principle. And then one day, God surprises you with the products of the next season. Bah, 10000 is in your hands. Son, do you continue to tithe? Or when you get the money, a lot of plans start to come in and it's impossible to tithe. Some of you are laughing. You know exactly that's what you did. So God always tests you for higher levels. A bigger ministry demands a bigger heart. Or else the system clogs. So release the old irrelevant and embrace the new. Elijah declared drought one time because of the sins of Ahab. Amazing example. The king and it was so. He declared drought and it was so. First Kings chapter 17, 5 to 7. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried because there had not been any rain in the land. A trigger miracle marking a new season is given by God to this man Elijah. A new season is coming where rain will come. And a lot of things are going to happen to show up that God is God. 
And what's the trigger miracle? Ravens come to give him food. And he drinks from the brook. Ravens bring in bread, bring in meat and all that. Then the brook drives. What do you do when the brook dries? Many times, Pentecostals, we rise up and we cast out in the name of Jesus. We command you, devil, to move now. Release my business. Release everything that God has generously given me. Come out in the name of Jesus. We know how to do that. But what if the problem keeps on staring you in the face? It doesn't move. The brook dries. Brethren, when you are not sinning against God and you ask God to bring back the brook and he doesn't, ask him for the way forward. Ask him for the way forward. It's very possible. It's the smell of a new season. God dries the brook because it is irrelevant in the next season. Elijah could have remained at the brook crying to the Lord for his revival. And he could have missed all that the new season had. Don't ever keep on, keep on asking. Praise the Lord, that's better. Praise the Lord. I don't understand this, but you are around here. You are my God. Then God, what he does once you have released the relevant old and the new comes, he then gets you in contact with important people. People that will navigate with you in the next season and they are important. You may not even ask for it. Lord, I need some people uh, stepping stones for me to go. There's no need to do that. God provides. They just come your way. That's why when you are given time to do anything in your calling, in your area of play, do it very well. You never know who is watching. You never know who is watching. First Kings chapter 17, 8 to 9. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Elijah, and said, Arise, arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Oh, may God command some people in your season that are important, people that are relevant in your time. I have commanded. This is coming from heaven. I have commanded a widow to take care of you. God opens him to a season where he has to develop relationships. It's not a raven anymore. It's a human being. A widow, for that matter, a widow. You can't size up people all the time. These ones are not mine. These ones are not mine. And after service, there's a click here, a click there. You, you don't know who I'm going to be tomorrow. I'm getting into the next season, and the devil cannot stop me. Demons from your family cannot stop you. So it's only you who can stop me. So you got to take everybody important in this season. How come you came to know me among the seven billion people on earth? 
Oh, come on, come on. There is a reason why. There is a reason why. It can be people that you, you lead or who lead you. If you cannot follow, you cannot be followed. If you are not leadable, you are not followable. I'm developing some words in the dictionary. You'll see them some years to come. They will appear some years to come in your dictionary. So I'm discovering that when God is ready to promote you, he immediately puts you under someone. When a new season comes, God makes sure that he quickly puts you under someone and usually you perform better than them. You preach better than them. Someone's door must open first before yours. It's a principle you must never forget. Don't say I'm just, I'm, I will just be original. And it's okay you are original, but God wants to see a humble heart. A humble heart. For Elisha, it was Elijah. First Kings chapter 19, 21. So Elisha turned back from him and took a yoke of oxen, slaughtered them, boiled their flesh using the oxen's, thank you, oxen's uh, equipment and gave it to the people and they ate. Then he arose and followed Elijah and became his servant. There is always a setup for greatness. There are so many sons that have come out of this man. We are out there, we know. So many sons. But you can tell who played second and who didn't. Listen, we have met great people in the 70s that could be doing great things today, but they are nobodies. You could see signs of greatness, but they achieved nothing. There could be other reasons, I don't deny. But in the hour of independence that we live in, there is some way he failed to play number two when God gave the chance. And those chances sometimes come once in life. Once they are abused, you really need the grace of God to get it up again. Elisha saved the man of God. Humbly, he did not know that the jacket he was cleaning that day was actually going to be his jacket. The man of God is about to go and he says, what shall I do to you? He says, I need a double portion of the spirit that's upon you. He had the right to do that because he was submissive. So you may not necessarily inherit if at old age the servant of the Lord goes, which is the way of everyone. But wherever you will be, the sign of your submission during the time God gave you the chance will be seen. As you rise up in your calling. But when you fail, it's difficult. 
It was Elijah, not any other prophet of the time. This is the man who was entrusted by God to see Elisha's success. When Elisha was faithfully cleaning his jacket, he did not know that this mantle was going to be his. Someone must rise first to announce your arrival. You don't just arrive and become famous. Someone, a general, entrusted by God to do it, is to announce your arrival and clap hands and say, my son, you have arrived and you are going far. You are running the purpose of your existence and you are doing it well. By the way, you are blunt X if you are running what you are not born to do. But once you find it and do it well, under a servant of the Lord, you go far. You go far. You go very far. When a baby is born, the midwives facilitate the process and they stand to announce its arrival. Don't kill the midwife. It could be your pastor, your bishop, the men of the Lord God has placed over you. Even Jesus, God, by the way, we believe Jesus is God. Even Jesus came in this principle. The first man who was famous was John the Baptist. You don't have an idea how this man was famous. They were flocking to him. And one day, he sees Jesus come. And he says, the Lamb of God, whose shoes I'm not even worthy to untie. He will take away the sins of the world. And he says to Jesus, and in fact it's Jesus who said to him, baptize me. Matthew chapter 3, 15, Jesus. In fact, John chapter 1, verse 23, I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. He was referring to someone coming, but he was famous. Matthew 3, 15, John says, I cannot baptize you because I know you. You're bigger than me. But Matthew 3, 15, Jesus answered and said to him, permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill righteousness. Even the Son of God came in the principle. Someone had to announce his arrival. I have a question for you. Who announced your arrival? Jumping around in Africa, jumping around in the city, who are announced your arrival? Who gave you the permission? Somebody says, I speak to God directly. Uh-huh. We know a great man by the name of Saul. He's on his way to Damascus to kill Christians. He falls from the donkey. A voice comes. You are persecuting me. And he says, who are you? Jesus. Whom you are persecuting. He continued that conversation to a certain point. And Jesus said, eh, 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 eh. not with me directly. There is a, a man in Damascus. There is a man in Damascus. It's a principle. Because some of us say, I will climb the mountain. 
10 days and 10 nights, I will hear God speak directly to me. But God says, no, relationships. There is a man in Damascus. Continue along the way you are going to kill Christians, but there is someone there who is going to talk to you. You you finish this conversation. You can't just be So these principles are very important. You can't just say, I will touch God on my own. It's very correct to some point. But God works with order. He works with order. The other time, one of these young men running around and just seeking power, he comes into our service. That was around 1999. What are you putting? Two minutes. Uh, are you? What do you mean by that? <laughs> he comes into our service in Mavuku. I was still pastoring a church in Mavuku, and he comes in our service. After service, he comes to me and says, Baba, I have a problem. This hand, once it lifts like this and points somewhere, I cannot put it down. So I said, what, about, what did it happen today in the service? He said, it was starting to. And and then I said, listen, son, where did you get such power? Is it the power of the Holy Spirit or something else? He said, I went into the mountain. I saw a a tinted, uh, a a Mercedes-Benz tinted, and uh, somebody unwinded, and he spoke to me. He said, do you want power? And I said, yes, I want power. He was an evangelist, so he needed to boost up the power. He thought he was going to do it the godly way. And so they, he say, they say to him, okay, take this red cloth, go into the mountain, go and fast and pray for 10 days, 10 nights. After that, you receive the power. So this son has no one. He submitted. No one to ask. And he goes up the mountain. After 10 days, he says, that's when my hand would go like this. And I will explain this in my next session. But... When he, the the hand lifts up, it points to someone who is sick. Someone needing help. He says, I'll then go and pray for them. And they get healed. And I'll explain to you tomorrow what will be happening. They get healed. And he says, it has been happening like that. I just give them the cloth. They tie it for some minutes. And the person gets healed. I pray for them. I said, in whose name? He said, in the name of Jesus. So I said, so what's wrong? Because you, you, it's power. <laughs> and he said to me, now I have a problem. When I go into the toilet to defecate, my whole intestines come out. And I have to push them with my hand every day. I'm suffering past. There's nothing for nothing in the kingdom of the devil. Never. Just lift up your hands and say, Father, help me. By the way, we prayed for that young man. He's still continuing to preach now. Delivered totally. He's preaching the word. Father, help me. In this season. To stay under submission. In the name of Jesus. 
Amen. God bless. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.